0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. Today, my guest is Brian Smith, CEO of Think Works, a data tech company that has created a new supply chain resiliency platform for manufacturers. He's here to dive into what the advanced platform can do for manufacturers as they look to avoid supply chain troubles in 2022. I want to start off by asking uh, how the uh, platform came together. Obviously, Think Data Works, uh, I, I did a bit of background. It looks like they were involved in a number of um, industries prior to this and collects a lot of data for a lot of different industries. So, I'm wondering how the focus on the supply chain and um, especially as it applies to the manufacturing industry came together and um, what the data collection uh, looks like.
1: Yeah, I I think first things first, just a high level on Think Data Works. We've really become experts in outside data, external data, um, really public data that companies are pulling into their environments and using to enrich their existing data science operations. You know, we're a Canadian company. We've been around since 2014. And uh, over the past, you know, seven-ish years, we've really got a global handle on what data is available and how it's valuable to particular sectors and industries. We've, we've worked a lot in government and finance, you know, all your typical sectors. And then I think with the pandemic and, and COVID really uh, messing a lot of things up, including supply chain, we've transitioned all of our expertise over to a couple of new sectors. So one of them was obviously healthcare. Um, but quickly following that was really, uh, supply chain management because uh, immediately this global pandemic that was kind of slowing down everything all over the world, uh, started affecting how organizations were pulling in parts and products from all over the world. Um, how we kind of fit into this broader journey and what really started our conversation with engine advanced manufacturing, uh, Supercluster was Hey, can we take our expertise as public external data experts and apply that to a global problem, but for Canadian companies operating in a global environment um, to really help better operationalize supply chains in a world that is going to start being, I think, continuously affected by these global uh, issues uh, that we've seen through the pandemic.
0: I'm sort of curious uh you know for a layperson's perspective or for a manufacturing executive who's not necessarily familiar with uh tech or data collection and data science and how it works i'm wondering if you could maybe break down how think data works without without involving the manufacturing industry like how is it and where is it getting all of this data
1: yeah it's a it's a good question and i think before we get into the data that we're bringing to the table i think um, setting up what the manufacturers are bringing to the table as part of this initiative So we're partnering with manufacturers in Canada as well. Martin Ray international is actually the first, um, the first manufacturer that we're, that we're working with. So they're bringing their disparate supply chain data to the table and we're analyzing it alongside Palantir technologies, um, to really standardize and like create a digital twin of their supply chain network, um, which is all what we'll call their internal supply chain data. So suppliers. Uh, Roots, uh, goods, parts, all that sort of stuff what we've learned is most manufacturers actually don't have any insight into all of the uh, what we'll call like public signals. um, That could affect that supply chain so Martin Rea knows you know exactly where they get goods from and when they should arrive and all that information about the part Um, what they don't pull into their modeling. Is things like hey did a ship crash in the Suez canal um, did Japan shut all of its orders down and is it taking. Two more weeks to a month to actually get shipping containers out of the country, because of all the backup, so this is sort of like the public signal data that we're talking about step one is really setting up that digital twin of like what is the supplier network that each company and their supply chain has and then what are these. Um, global signals uh coming from data all over the world depending on on what people are interested in whether that's political news like even weather and like tsunamis and things like that events accidents um, how do we pull that in and then how do we link it to their data to identify notifications or signals that that companies need to pick up on Um, and that's really what we're doing through this platform it's marrying those two worlds, the internal data and the external data, and then providing it in a platform where we can kind of simulate and come up with a bunch of different ways that companies can analyze and then respond to these events or potential events in the future. Uh,
0: interesting. So, Think Data Works, when we're talking about external data, is collecting a lot of these public signals manufacturing is obviously a really broad sector martin ray is involved in i know automotive manufacturing and and, and things like that i'm wondering if there are particular industries that think DataWorks is really looking to target and address with the with the platform um you know there's food manufacturing aerospace uh you know tech and obviously semiconductors are a huge issue right now so i'm wondering if uh think data works can address uh uh you know particular industries better than others
1: yeah it, so i think the short answer is any company that's managing or part of a supply chain is definitely someone that we'd like to to talk to and help out. I think where we could probably have the largest impact is on manufacturers that have uh, really complex global supply chains and are most likely manufacturing a product that has, you know, ten hundreds to thousands of parts coming from different places, because I think that's really where the complexity gets to a point where it's really, really difficult to unpack, Um, especially when you add things like just in time shipping. Uh, So like the the automotive industry aerospace all that sort of stuff where um, they're trying to get deliveries directly to the line um, when needed rather than storing um, those are the sorts of businesses that i think are going to see the, the the greatest impact here uh, because they're the ones that are most subject to uh, dis- disruptions in the supply chain that are going to actually start affecting the revenue of the company right um, even if something's delayed by a day which to us doesn't seem like a big deal Um, to a company that has just in time shipping for a product and a supply and a production line that if you shut it down for an hour, costs the company a million to $10 million. um, That day is a huge deal, right? So getting a handle on that and understanding how to get around those potential issues uh, in the future and being a bit more proactive rather than just reactive.
0: I'm wondering if there are um, uh, specific uh, challenges that the uh, supply chain resiliency platform can address through AI and tech. I'm wondering, um, obviously we're seeing you referred to the public signals, you know, and the external data being collected i'm wondering if the you know things like the trucker convoy protests would be part of that, and uh, you know if it, if if some of the data being collected would include um, events like that that would help manufacturers uh, uh, evolve.
1: yeah I think that's a great example of a signal um, and one that we'd like to uh, have in the system and available that we can attach to all the parts that are. On trucks that are crossing the border. Um, So I think it's a perfect example of what we would consider a public signal that would get picked up in the news uh, and a government policy decision that honestly, in an ideal world, we'd also like the government to be running policy decisions through a simulation engine so that we can understand, so they can understand the impact that it has on the country. Um, And that's really the AI component of this thing is the ability to simulate supply chain disruptions. We wanna create an alert system so that companies can react to them. But I think the future state of this thing, when we really get into the machine learning component of it is simulating supply chain disruption. So a company right now is kind of always reacting or like digging themselves out of these issues as they deal with them. We wanna get to a point where we can kind of get out of that hole and then we can start working with them to look forward like, hey, you have a reliance on a company that has a very complex shipping route. If something happens to that shipping route, this is what happens to your supply chain and what could potentially happen to your manufacturing line. Maybe you should think about backup plans or alternatives to this reliance you have. And I think the same story can occur within government with policy decisions. In, in an ideal world, I think the Prime Minister of Canada sits down with this thing and says, hey, we have a policy that you know we're going to change trade with this particular country or we're going to make this new policy for truckers. Um, they should be able to look at that policy decision, run it through a simulation engine and say like, okay, if we do this, it's gonna cause all these issues and either we have to get ahead of them and make sure that we manage this properly, or maybe we change our policy a little bit because it'll have less of an impact and ultimately the, the country's gonna run better for it. So that's, that's where we're trying to get to. Um, I think it's a two-step process. We really need to create the alerts, get reactive uh, and help companies grow secondarily let's get into the simulation and start understanding how we actually build better businesses going forward taking into account all of these uh, potential signals that we can pull out of the public domain
0: interesting um well i'm curious like where it would end in an ideal world i'm wondering if uh, there's concern at all about you know if is there such a thing as too much data being collected um should government data be collected into platforms
1: like this uh, from our perspective the data that we're talking about for these this real world database really isn't anything new that i don't think any of us don't understand that we're already consuming i think we're just doing it in a qualitative way or an unstructured way like reading the news right um when we read the news in the morning we hear about political unrest in the ukraine we hear about the tsunami that's off the coast of wherever and right now i think we take a very human approach to taking that information and applying it to our day-to-day lives and our businesses and it's not to say that these supply chain manufacturing companies don't do that already. They just do it very manual and analog. And the ability to speed that up through data is really what we're going for here. So I don't think we're uncovering anything that from my perspective would be seen as offside or like um, you know, focusing on individuals and, and all the bad stuff related to, to collecting data. Um, to me and our business, that's completely offside for us what we're looking at is really turning already available information into machine readable data that we can go and power models with and speeding it up from qualitative understanding and gut feel from a executive perspective to automation and machine learning on the back end and that like slight change in timings will significantly increase the value of exercise like this for businesses and that's that's really what We want to focus on, especially with Canadian companies that, you know, we're a small company and we operate in a global environment. We're pretty good at punching above our weight. Programs like this really help us and help those Canadian companies punch above their weight continuously in the global economy. Um, And, you know, speed to market, speed to decision making are are huge quivers that that all manufacturers should have uh, so that we can be as efficient as possible.
0: No, oh, absolutely. Um, obviously, there's a huge focus right now in the manufacturing industry to create like more of a domestic supply chain and onshore their operations. Um, I know earlier you uh, you mentioned and referenced, you know, sometimes manufacturers have hundreds and thousands of parts going into, you know, a product and, and something like that. So I'm wondering what the platform can do to, uh, to address something like a talent shortage or a labor shortage, because that's obviously plaguing the industry as well, uh, and not just manufacturing. But I'm wondering uh, how the platform would be able to um, forecast, um, you know, things like, you know, future hiring shortages or mass retirements on the horizon things like that?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think from our perspective, I personally believe Canada has the potential to create a advanced manufacturing like centers of excellence around this, particularly. I think Canada has some of the best engineering and data science programs running. Um, I think U of T University of Waterloo competes with Stanford uh, on a global scale. If you look at hiring for Google and Apple and all all the big tech companies, we used to talk about a brain drain a lot in Canada. Um, I I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think there's a lot of Canadians out there who would gladly take advanced technology jobs if they were here in Canada. And I think one of the one of the things we need to do in this supply chain industry and one thing that I think the engine careers in the future program is focused on as well, is like, how do you keep talent in Canada and how do you give people the opportunity to build something and I think in this particular case with data with supply chain. And our tight knit group of manufacturers who are all members of the engine advanced manufacturing Supercluster Network, network, uh, we have the ability to create a center of excellence where we can say like hey all these companies are bringing their data together, we're analyzing it as a country to see what's best for us, and because of that we're creating a network of data that isn't available anywhere else in the world. And in my experience, really intelligent engineers and data scientists will be motivated to be here and be a part of that. And and that's what we'd like to push towards. I mean, we obviously have to work with the with the companies themselves to, to get their data science and engineering operations kind of off the ground. But in I, in not very long, I think we could get to that more national center of excellence way of thinking. And I know NGEN, the Chris in the future program, is thinking the same way. So that's kind of what we're aligning around.
0: With that in mind, I guess I'm wondering if I can ask about think Data Works. I'm wondering if the NGen announcement means that think Data works has plans to expand this year. Or will you guys be growing or hiring?
1: Absolutely. I think we're we're typically growing at about 100 percent year over year. And with that, our labor force is growing. Um, this project alone has led to investments from us in resources here in Canada, um, which is exactly what I think the government of Canada is looking for. Um, we are a Canadian company. We're a very proud Canadian company and want to grow here and stay here and we're looking for talent to help us join and, and grow this initiative so um, even if we as an organization being sort of on the bleeding edge of this supply chain product. Um, if there's any if there's anyone who's interested in that particular project alone, uh, we have opportunity to you know, really be on the bleeding edge of it build it out and then that could lead to a career in a bunch of different places within the sector alone right. And I think that's our job as a startup we we kind of need the ones we kind of need to be the people who push the envelope and um, we're open for people who want to join that vision with us.
0: No, absolutely no. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, uh, finally, I guess I wanted to ask about uh, you know some of our uh, manufacturing audience who might be interested in taking advantage of a platform like this. I'm wondering, is this ready? Can they sign on tomorrow and get started and start you know optimizing their supply chain? How can advanced manufacturers basically you know start using this platform and what steps do they have to take to get there?
1: Yeah, so we are uh, currently recruiting for our second wave of adopters so we are working with manufacturing companies now um really getting their supply chain data onto the platform um we're actively recruiting for uh the second wave of manufacturers so uh we're also speaking to governments around the world to adopt it for the sort of policy simulation side of things uh which is which is a pretty cool initiative um but working with ngen we have a really strong commercialization mandate and we want to target uh canadian manufacturers to adopt it and we're, we're ready to go you know starting this month um yeah. so whoever wants to kind of put their hands up i think we're we're ready to start bringing people onto the platform
0: and um um i know martin ray is involved in automotive uh parts and you know is an oem i'm wondering if there are um if you wanted to stay in that space or if you'd be open to like you know Businesses in food manufacturing, you know, hard tech, uh, you know, heavy, you know, oil and gas products, and things like that.
1: Uh, yeah. So, uh, Martin Ray is automotive for sure. Um, we also are speaking to other businesses um, that are outside of the automotive space. So, can you broad manufacturing you to... in general? I think okay. is is where we're focused right now. Um, a lot of the organizations that we are talking to have. Uh, cross-border uh, sort of supply chain. So maybe they operate in Canada, but rely a lot on the U.S. Um, or U.S. companies that rely a lot on on, on Canada as well. Um, so that that seems to be a, a really strong place uh, where people are seeing a lot of potential value, um, but definitely not automotive, um, just more broad. I think machine manufacturing in general is, is really a strong suit for us, but definitely not um, tailored only to that uh, to that for now. A huge
0: thank you to Dave Smitterly for joining us from Humber College, and a huge thank you once again to our listeners. Please stay tuned for future podcasts and episodes.